This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Doc, ready to go. Here we go. Time for clear to play. Going to take you inside the tent and get you updated on the latest injuries in the Bay. Proud to partner with UCSF Health on this segment and bring in associate professor of orthopedic surgery. That is Dr. Narav Pandya. Hi, Doc. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Happy happy January, Dan. Thank you, you, Doc. I appreciate that. That was really well played. It's a smart man. You don't go to medical school without having a breadth of knowledge across all subjects. We could do that all the way to the 31st, right? Yeah, you're welcome to. Happy January. It's a little bit awkward, but it's the sentiment that counts, Doc, and I'm feeling the love. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Happy New Year, Doc. (laughs) <laughs> you too, you too, Mark. Every, everything different for everyone, a little bit different. Um, we're, we're all talking about Draymond Green. Maybe we'll get to his return to play here in a second, but let's start with Chris Paul. Um, the surgery has already taken place. We know the timeline, what, I guess at least three or four weeks at least, especially though factoring his age, the other hand problems. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I think they released, it was a little bit unclear what bone was broken, but they said it was his metacarpal, which is, a, you know, the most common bone that's broken and probably has the quickest return to play uh, for an NBA player. Typically, you know, what happens during the surgery, they use some combination of plates or screws or sometimes pins to basically hold the bone in place. And if you look historically at NBA players, most of them kind of get back right around four to five weeks with this type of surgery. Now, he's a little bit older, he's had multiple hand injuries, but the fact they're going to reevaluate him at three weeks, typically that's when you get an x-ray, you check their mobility. So that does sound like they're looking at potentially a four- to five-week return. Um, and it's not his dominant hand, so you know he's got that right hand for shooting and, and primarily passing. So I think it would not be out of the possibility that we're looking at mid-February for Chris Paul to return. Um, you know, Obviously, if he's still on the team based on what the team does at the trade deadline. Yeah, good point. I mean, mid-February would be after the deadline, so it would be interesting to see if they trade him before he – is able to come back if he's played his last game as a warrior or not. GP2 has been out for a while now with the uh, the hamstring strain. What do you think his timeline's looking like in terms of him coming back? Yeah, you know, I think it's kind of in the same kind of as it was with his calf. You're looking at somewhere between, you know, three to four weeks, um, you know, particularly with this soft tissue kind of stuff. He, he looks pretty good when you see him kind of walking around with clips of him on the court. Um, you know, the tough thing with him is that for a typical kind of grade two-ish hamstring strain you're looking at a couple weeks, but he's had the calf, he's had the core muscle stuff, he's had so many soft tissue injuries. So I think that's what would be the more determining factor. What's the risk of him coming back a little bit earlier and potentially aggravating another area? So um, in general, the injury does not seem too severe, but given his overall injury history and the way that he plays where he's explosive and he stresses those soft tissues, um, I think they're probably going to err on the side of being a little bit more cautious with him potentially looking at, you know, maybe early February for a return for him. Uh, Doc, okay, Draymond even mentioned, hey, we got to come up with a plan here and and cer- certainly uh, go low risk as far as injury. He said he played a lot of basketball, but also said he took 10 days where he didn't even touch a basketball. Like, what, what should the Warriors be thinking about in building a return to play for Draymond? Yeah, I think that the big difference for him is that because he's not coming back from an injury, the degree to which you can kind of get back into shape pretty quickly is a lot better than, say, you're out with the calf strain or a hamstring issue. So 10 days off seems like a lot for an NBA player, but for someone who's not injured, I think Draymond can get that back pretty quickly. Um, so I would expect that for something like this, potentially 7 to 10 days from, quote-unquote, the time he was able to come back and practice with the team, um, and then potentially a little bit of a minutes restriction. But um, early next week, you know, middle part of next week would seem to be an ideal time frame, assuming that he feels good, feels confident, um, and can get his rhythm back. Uh, Niners have some injury concerns, but luckily a week and a half off still before they have to play again. But Cleveland Furl suffered a knee injury against the Rams. Kyle Shanahan said it, it wasn't ACL or MCL, but a knee injury nonetheless. What did you think and what did you see from that injury? 
Yeah, it was concerning. You know, that was obviously the first concern I had was this potentially, uh, you know, an MCL type injury, particularly given the mechanism. But when you when they rule that out, typically what will cause someone to be out for a couple of weeks is usually a bone bruise um, or maybe even a small meniscus tear. Um, it sounded like there wasn't much concern about it from Shanahan in the press conference, but obviously something that you want to watch a little bit more closely. I think when you get these quote unquote nebulous diagnoses where it's not a straightforward ligament injury, you worry a little bit more about how the knee is going to respond. So there may be some inflammation, there may be some bruising. So it's hard to put a timeline on it. And sometimes it's just about, okay, let's get you into practice. Let's see how you're feeling. And hopefully, given his age, something that turns around quickly and he's available for the playoffs. Doc Pandia with us, cleared to play Willard and Dibbs. Doc, I want to ask you about Christian McCaffrey. We go from what was considered an unserious injury, but it was an injury, to then basically three weeks of no football games, and then bang, uh, in a week and a half, he's got to go play uh, the biggest game of, of the year. Uh, what are the concerns there? You know, I think if it was earlier in the season, say like he'd played a couple games and he has to take a, a big chunk of games off in the middle of the season, he'd be a little bit more concerned. I think at this point now, just limiting his contact is probably the biggest thing that's going to help make sure that he's ready for the playoffs. There's so many things that he can do to stay explosive, to still stay in shape without taking that beating. So I think this is going to be a lot, um, you know, beneficial for him as an explosive speed athlete to not have that pounding, stay sharp, and he'll have exactly that two to three time frame that for a muscle strain to kind of turn around. So I'm not super concerned that he's going to have to go right back in. He's had a lot of football. His timing is going to be able to stay, in, you know, kind of in line with those practices. So I think it lines up very well for him to have a great performance in the playoffs and not have his cap father. Uh, Doc, thanks so much. Great stuff as always. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. There he goes. Doc Pandia with us, and the proceeding was sponsored by UCSF Health. Steve Kerr, in less than an hour, will continue with your Draymond phone calls after his very lengthy press availability earlier today over at the facility. Happened in the 1 o'clock hour. If you missed any portion want to listen to the whole thing, you can go to the Odyssey app. It was during the 1 o'clock hour during Steiny and Goo. We also have this development to pass along um, the next Japanese star free agent to come over to Major League Baseball, Shota Imanaga, with a posting deadline of January 11th. So we knew something was coming down soon. Shota Imanaga has reached a tentative deal with the Chicago Cubs. <gasps> This, oh, wait, this what? is per Bob Nightingale. Oh my God! On X, you you're telling me that Farhan Zaidi, the closer, did not missed out again. He did not sign Shota Imanaga. Man, jeez. Well, I, I don't. A I Zoom also, call scheduled I, for later tonight, <laughs> so Farhan can announce the Rule Five signing of some other Shota. Uh, I don't know if Shota, there's any other Shota. I'm not Imanaga. MLB the Shota. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> That's not bad. I don't. Um, I, I Listen, I don't know who to listen to on this one. They they have said a hundred times before it was the Yamamoto and the Otani that they were th- th- foaming at the mouth in order to get those guys. Yeah. I don't know. Like I Yes, they were engaged with him. Bowden did like, like there was a lot of conflicting stuff here. Bowden tweeted three days ago the Giants are not focused on him. Right. I don't. So I don't know. The only thing here's what Farhan is. I wonder promised. upon whom they are focused. Uh, other than uh, I don't know. Other than I can't pitch till July. Robbie <laughs> right, Ray. Right. No. It, look. Er, the only thing when they did that availability last week after Robbie Ray. Um, and boy, the Giants with the overpromise under deliver thing has uh, obviously been well-traveled. They've cornered the market on well, that. But he promised they're not done. Mm. So After Robbie Ray, he promised they weren't done? Correct. Okay. So... I mean, what does that Again, mean, though? Well, it, like, it, it means that I'm, I'm... It means there's a backup shortstop somewhere. No, <laughs> no it, means, <laughs> it means you've got every... Here's what I would tell any Giants fan. You have beyond every right to be skeptical. You have beyond every right when it comes to free agencies during the Farhan era. You have every right to be upset and disappointed. But I also take each free agency period on its own. And so, provided that there are still a ton of names out there, right? 
I'm like reserve the final analysis of 2024 until spring training opens. Yeah. So let's see. But yeah. it will not be Shota Imanaga. Right. Chicago Cubs. Shocking. I'm I'm stunned, Mark. Right. I'm absolutely gobsmacked. <laughs> I'm flabbergasted that another high-priced free agent uh-huh. chose to go elsewhere as opposed to the 79 and 83 San Francisco Giants. And uh so far the totality of their offseason is uh the Korean center fielder, Jung Lee. Thank you. And a pitcher who can't throw. Well, he can throw. He's just not right now. Not with his pitching arm. <laughs> not I mean, right. not today. Right in right. six months. Yes. The the thinking is Halfway he'll be able to pitch. Season. Yeah. So July. <laughs> so am I missing anyone? I know um, that there was a couple of other. Yeah, like, there were smaller. There was a catcher. There, yes, there was a catcher. And there was a Tom guy. Yeah, they got some Tom. Guy named Tom. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. It's about par for the course yeah. of what I expected. You got a big, gigantic question mark on a guy who's never played Major League Baseball, who should be good. He could be good. He might be good. And then you've got a Tommy John pitcher who is a little bit like, uh, who's that other pitcher that they got a couple years ago who never threw for him, who was also injured? Matthew uh, Boyd. Thank you. Matthew Matthew Boyd. Boyd. Let's give me the new Matthew Boyd. Could be. You never know. I'm a Giants fan. Stay tuned. I'm trying. Trying, Grandy. Corbin Burns. They got Corbin Burns? No, they're good. Uh, oh, that's yeah, my yeah. next prediction. You've, they're well, going to trade for him. Ah, uh, is, is this a prediction? This is, yes. Okay. Because you've, the you've done this a Giants. lot. The Brewers and you've Giants. You've thrown out names, well, no, but and then they haven't come to pass. Well, no. Some of them are just fun to say. Yoshinobu sure. Yamamoto. That's the first time I ever heard this man's <laughs> name, and you said it 47 times, <laughs> and then, and then he, was a he became a Dodger. Yeah, he did. Yeah. But he liked the Giants. She sure did. <laughs> He likes pitching here in blue. I'm sure it's a pitcher's yeah. park. Yeah. No, I do think the Giants and Brewers might get together on a deal. That'll be my. That's my next prediction. Okay. Uh, stay tuned for my next. Stay prediction. tuned. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. There's no doubt they got to do something, but it ain't today. Um, although today not over yet, um, as evidenced by the fact that Steve Kerr has not spoken to us yet, but he will. 45 minutes away. Your call's next, and if you're just joining us, just getting in the car after a long day at work, let us take you through some of what Draymond Green had to say because it was long and distinguished earlier today at Chase Center. Your calls, 888-957-9570. It's Willard and Dips. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Dub Nation. It's Brandon Pajemski. My head coach, Steve Kerr, joins Willard and Dibs today, right here on 95.7 The Game. What up, Pods? Yeah, here comes uh, Steve Kerr in uh, 42 minutes. Okay. 42 minutes. Love it. What you want to ask him, dog? I want to ask him everything, but I was actually listening to Steiny and Evan earlier, Evan in for Guru, and they were kind of walking themselves through what they would do with the Steve Kerr interview at 5 o'clock, and, and where do you begin? What's the most important? What's the most pressing thing? Because there are questions about... Steve, uh, I mean, what's going on? Yeah. How's that season? What the hell was that on Sunday? Well, there's that. Steve, did we lose you? Yeah. There's the... Yeah, I'm, no, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm here. Yeah. So there's the the hope. overall, the overall like, flow of the season. What the hell is going on? There's the ongoing Kaminga Moody portion. There's the Draymond return questions. So I wonder, you know, where, where we begin. It's kind of nice being in my seat because... You and I, I think, do a good job of interviews, listening to the interviewer, which not a lot of people actually listen to the answers, but you'll go first, you'll lead us in a direction, and I always follow because I'm, I'm good like that, because I really pride myself and we pride ourselves on a good interview flow. So if you open up with, hey, Steve, how about that season? I'm not going to immediately go to Draymond. We'll do two or three questions about, you know, how bad the year's been. Ha, 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 isn't this great? <laughs> and then we'll transition from there. So I wonder where we might start in order to get where we want to get in the end of it. I haven't decided yet. I like to uh, do an extemporaneous piece. I know you do. Yeah. And I like to play off of what you do because I, and I'm only going to say this once because uh, I don't oh, like to compliment you. Here we go. Makes me feel uncomfortable. But you do a nice job of getting into interviews and usually leading with the most important piece. Well, you're, you're, you're really good at that. Well, let's, I and mean, I wonder, though, with this one in yeah. particular, what's the biggest piece? Like, there's a, there's a lot well, of different things well, to get to. Draymond's top of mind. Right. Like, this just happened. It, it, it just happened. And, um, and there's a hundred different directions that, uh, that we can go with that. So, yeah, there's that piece of it. I also think, though... The underbelly of the organization right now is something that's difficult to ask because I don't think Steve will address it and he's got a baked-in out, which is, I'm not the general manager. But the Draymond thing is today, he spoke, but he's going to come back soon. Is it later this week? Is it early next? I don't know. But then he's going to play basketball, and he will resume his spot as a basketball player on the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Somebody or multiple people who currently have Warrior jerseys, I believe, are about to not have Warrior jerseys anymore. And I would love to sort of access how Steve handles that. Because Draymond's sitting here talking about how this is a great group of guys and they really enjoy being around each other. He had other comments, and we'll play a bunch of this for you here in a sec. Other comments talking about the stress of the job. One thing I've consistently heard from athletes through the years, one of the most stressful things they deal with, and I totally give this to them, trade rumors. Um, because imagine if you will, and I know, once again, we already went over this, so many people who watch sports, they don't want to hear boo-hoo about anything for athletes Man. who get paid millions it's gotta be of dollars. Bru- it's got to be brutal getting paid millions of dollars to play a game and have to worry about if you have to go play that game for someone else. Um, That's got to be terrible. You're being sarcastic. Big time. And you shouldn't be. Oh, I, I, I can I be however I want to well, be. Well, put it this way. I don't care what you make, and I also think it's funny when we do this, because do we make millions? No. But are 98% of the people listening to our voices jealous of these jobs? Hell yes. Sure. So um, nobody's feeling sorry for us either. You want to trade me, Nahigian? Trade me. But we got stress. Do we have stress? Everyone has stress. Okay. Everyone has stress. I don't care how much money you make. If you work in a job... Think about it now. Seriously, imagine it. You wake up, you got a job, you're on the way to work. Phone rings. Hi. Oh, hey, what's going on? Got something to talk to you about. What is it, boss? Uh, You now live on the other side of the country. You're a magic. You're now a Pelicans. Call your wife and kids. Yeah. Hey, honey, 
Yeah, this is dibs. Dude. I, yeah. Uh, Dude. I'm, I got traded to New Orleans. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. My $100 million contract comes with me. Yeah, I think we can find a place there for an, uh, for an affordable amount. So cynical. All right, honey, let's go. So cynical. Pack your things. There's human beings, dude. Of course, bro. Do you think that the six-year-old cares that they make $100 million? They're leaving their best friend next door. You think the eight-month-old cares if no, he or she lives no. here or the lives in New Orleans? The eight-month-old does not. Does the 11-year-old? Well, they can stay. <laughs> can stay. Okay. You can stay. You can stay. <laughs> i tell you right now. Will you just give it to him? If I got dealt... And if I got dealt to New Orleans no, today, no, no, you don't Supper know. and Mila are not going with you me. You don't know. I know that. You don't know what we've it had would, that conversation. But you don't know what it would be like. It's different for everyone. Of course. Can you just give it to them? Can you give it to them that it's not that easy just because they make a lot of money? I'm going to give it to them that it's not that easy for anybody. I would. And can you give it to me that it's easier? If you make a hundred million as opposed to making fifteen bucks an hour, from that subject matter, yes, sure. But that's not the like. That's what I hate about it. We only look at it through the lens of money. That's the lens I'm choosing to look at it, and through. that's fine. But that's not everything. No, it's like it's everything is everything. everything. Right? If your family is like, damn it, I hate that. No, we don't want to do that. It's gonna ruin everything else we got going on. Well, that's freaking hard. Yeah, it's tough. Super stressful. Super stressful. What's really stressful is when you lose your job and you have no income. And that's... Of course. You know, and everything is relative to the individual. And, you know, you could look at pro athletes and what they make and the stress and the pressure that they're under, probably greater than the majority of us. And our jobs are stressful, and I don't make $100 million over four years, and I make more than some people, I make less than other people, and my stress is greater than some people, and it's less than other people. And my commute is longer than some and shorter than others. And my baby cries more than some and cries less than others. Everything is relative, so... It's just life, and I do know this. Oh, actually, I don't know it. I'm imagining if I was a hundred millionaire, I would imagine some things would be easier. Other things might be more challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I'd bet you I'd hear from a lot more relatives a lot more often looking for a loan. You sure would. That part of it, I'm sure, is is uh, super yeah, annoying. Like I, I guess, I guess my whole. I mean, your point is well taken, but that's it's a larger sort of snapshot of the point that I'm trying to make, which is that um, there, there's nothing that's free from stress. And in my opinion, we should spend all of our time focusing on how to relieve our own stress as opposed to judging anyone else for whether or not they should be stressed. That's my point. Yeah, I mean, anybody yeah. can be stressed over anything. Yeah, so, Money is, is definitely one of the bigger stressors, though, course, I would imagine, in course, life. Of course. But I think because of that, we act like if you do have money, then you don't have stress. And I don't know how many examples we need of that not being the case. Let's go through all of the millionaire celebrities who have taken their own life. I actually don't want to do that. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right? I, I remember uh, for a while, and this is when I was when I was still living in L.A. And you know, because you're close to Hollywood, there's always a lot of discussion about content. No matter what you do, if you're in radio or TV, everybody's always like, "I got a show idea. I got a show idea. We should do this. We should do that." And you know whose name would come up all the time? Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain's name would come up all the time. And in fact, that got thrown at me one time. What if we did like the Anthony Bourdain of sports, which is like you could go around to different sporting events, but kind of like do them from a lifestyle perspective and food and, uh, you know, geography and the scene uh, that's around these sporting events and all that stuff, like the Anthony Bourdain. And what would always come up is people would go, man, that guy's life is like the dream. That guy's life looks like the absolute, like, could you imagine how much fun, like, millionaire gets to go everywhere, meet everyone, eat everything, like, absolute perfect life. That's always what people thought. Yeah. And that ended how it ended. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, like, I just, 
I don't know why I do. I do get bugged about it a little bit, and that's on me. That's on me. But I do get bugged on it a little bit when I hear people, and we do in sports often, when I hear people judge other people's mentality or stress level. It's just it's like that's not that's not for you. It's not for anybody else to to look at. So when we hear, oh gosh, boo hoo, if I made a hundred million dollars, it would all be no. You'd actually have no idea what it would be like. Right. You have no clue. That's that's you know, and yeah, that's that's my take. Okay. I mean, I I think we all judge each other constantly, whether or not it's celebrities. And do we look at? Taylor Swift and think that you have the perfect life because you're the most popular artist and you are a multi, multi, multi-millionaire, if not a billionaire. And we look at you and we think, oh, everything's got to be perfect. You've got a bunch of handlers and all you have to do is just go around singing those same songs over and over again across the world. I think people totally think that. Right. And so, and they might be completely wrong. And you might be absolutely spot on accurate. Or you could look at somebody who is living on the street and you think, oh... You poor, pathetic person, they might be the most content individual right. <laughs> in the world. And you just don't know. Totally. So we all judge each other constantly. And we do this with pro athletes all the same in terms of how much you make and how we perceive you. So, yeah, he's got $100 million. And if he wants to walk away from it, then walk away from it. If you want to come back and work on your, your life challenges and keep playing, then do that as well. He's trying uh, to live his life the best way he can. Absolutely. Steve Curry in 30 minutes, and we will uh, we'll touch on all of this. Let's take you through some of what Draymond had to say, some of the money quotes, if you will, especially if you are just hopping in the car and you missed what was said in the 1 o'clock hour. Draymond with a lengthy 30 to 40 minute at least press conference where he took on all questions and we both thought answered with some really nice sincerity. But up to you to uh, to take in some of this and, and, and tell us what you think. We'd love your calls at 888-957-9570. One thing that has been played a time or two is what Draymond said with regard to his antics. Let's face it, like antics... Antics isn't something that got me here. And so when I look back on these situations, it's like, can you remove the antics? I'm very confident I can remove the antics. And I'm very confident if I do remove the antics, no one's worried about how I play the game of basketball. You know, nobody's worried about how I carry myself in the game of basketball, but it's the antics. So that's my focus. You know, it's not on changing who I am completely. You don't change the spots on the leopard. It's just not going to happen. And I'm not going to try to set some unrealistic expectation of like, who's this person going to be? Like, it's not real. And that's not sustainable. I've always said before, I, I know how to be me a lot better than I can be anyone else. But in saying that, can I accept the fact that my antics has been over the top? Of course. Can I remove those? Am I capable of removing those? Of course. I think with, without that, then I don't think there is much of an issue. But it's the antics that can go. And I've made a commitment to do things to make sure that those don't creep in. You know, there, there's maybe in here a little lane of, uh, I don't want to call it discord, but like when we heard Steve Kerr talk afterward, he mentioned that he has instructed Draymond, just stay away from the refs. Just stay away. And Draymond talked today about... I need to rework how I speak to refs. But he's also he's also said a number of times today, like, I, uh, Leopard's not going to change his spots. Like, he's sort of letting you know, I'm still going to be an energetic player. I'm still going to talk. That, that That's what I do. That's who I am. So I'm not changing the basketball side. But as you, I think, have detailed really well today what the antics are. Right. Like, in Sacramento, inciting the crowd right. after getting tossed. So if Draymond's like, I can get rid of that. I can't get rid of what I do during the clock actually moving on the court. Somewhere in there, there's a, ah, is that going to work? Like, is that all matching up? And that's what I'm curious to see. Is it, right. Like, okay, you remove the antics. Are you going to still talk to refs? Are you not going to talk to refs? If you do talk to refs, can you handle it well? Uh, is something going to trigger you? That's what I want to see here in the next uh, however many days until yeah. he plays basketball. And I'll ask Steve Kerr how he defines the antics as it pertains to what Draymond was saying because 
the antics can mean a number of different things. To me, stomping on Sabonis last year against Sacramento, that is the antics because you didn't have to put your foot there. And even if you had to put your foot there, you didn't have to plant your foot on Sabonis and jump off him and do a split step in the air and then run down the court. To me, that is the antics. And choking Rudy Gobert as long as you did, that to me is the antics. And flail-punching Nurkic after you felt like he was holding onto your hip, that's the antics. And barking at officials is the antics. And inciting the crowd after ejections in Memphis and Sacramento, that's the antics. So where where does the antics begin where do the antics stop and how much of that can he really take out of his game because whatever you're going to get texts and Draymond's going to he's going to talk to officials there's a difference between talking to officials and berating officials to the point where you get a tech and you get two texts and you get ejected that to me is where you fall under the umbrella of the antics Draymond's got a lot of respect in this league among players coaches and the officials if he learns to do it correctly he'll get a lot more calls than he does through the antics Steve Kerr we mentioned him asking uh, Draymond to pretty much stay away from officials Uh, Kerr will be on with us here in 26 minutes but this is what he said about it at Chase Center earlier today it's a big part of it and we've talked about it can he walk that line? Can he still play with fire and energy, but leave the officials alone? That's the challenge. It's going to be a big challenge, but um, we're going to ask him to do that. We need that so that we can focus on the game. His teammates need that so that we can focus on all of the little details that are eluding us right now, that are keeping us from being a consistent team. So that's what we're asking him. Yeah, so Steve admits right there, like we're asking him to do it, and it's sort of like, but I don't know if he can. He's like, that's a challenge, and it's not a small one. Right. He's going to have to walk that fine line mm-hmm. because you can you can talk to officials, and you can, in the right way, express your feelings about individual calls or calls in totality. And if you do it the right way, you can avoid getting technical fouls and costing your team free points. I mean, everybody talks to the refs, and he's in a spot now where he's got to go about it in a different way because the old way of – you know, immediately screaming at him and gesturing to him, that's not going to work. He's going to be on an even shorter leash than ever before, I would imagine now, going forward, because a lot of people don't realize this. I know you do, because your cousin was an NBA official, but Mm -hmm. the refs have meetings before the game. They go over game plans before the games. They talk about things to look for, players who tend to set certain screens that might be illegal or actions under the basket that players do that you may want to keep an eye on and also players who are known to talk to officials. You think that before every game they don't talk about Draymond Green, oh gosh. the three officials? I don't even know if they need to anymore. Right, but they probably but say, yes, all right, yes. guys, you know, what are we going to do tonight about Draymond? What's going to be our approach? You know, how much leash are we going to give him? And if it's certain refs who've had a history with Draymond, maybe it's, hey, you know, if it's Goble or Foster or my beloved Zach Zarba, if it's, you know, somebody who's had 50 or 60 Warrior games, they've got a history with Draymond. Yeah. So I'm sure they talk about what works and what doesn't work in terms of diffusing because these refs don't want to go, one, two, you're gone. They don't want that. They know that that's not what the NBA wants. Uh, No doubt. Um, And then the other thing that I feel like has been sort of swept under the rug while Draymond is out, we talk about his defense that the Warriors miss. Um, Look, I don't think it's a coincidence that Steph Curry has largely struggled with him gone. We watched that last year when Draymond missed a period of time. And then when he came back, it was like, poof. You're like, oh, there's Steph. So, sure, does Steph make Draymond better? That's obvious. I always have felt like Draymond makes Steph a lot better. So with him gone, that has put a microscope on Steph, and he has not played great. And so Steve Kerr had some interesting things to say about that dynamic. 
I think we've thrown a ton on his shoulders. Um, the burden that Steph Curry has on him for this franchise is unfair. The, um, the Draymond suspension, Draymond is uh, the vocal leader of the team, obviously, right? He and Steph have kind of been co-captaining the leadership uh, with our group for a decade. So without Draymond here, that adds a lot more to Steph's plate. We're trying to integrate you know, a lot of young players. Steph has a very unique style. It's the play after the play that matters with Steph. And um, we've put him in some combinations where the play after the play isn't happening. And that's frustrating for him. Uh, he's not James Harden or Luca. He's not, we're not going to just run a high pick and roll and spread the floor. And he's, you know, he's going to dribble 700 times. That's not his game. So he, he's, he has to thrive off the ball just as well as he does on the ball. And um, frankly, we, we've had some combinations out there that don't recognize that as well as as certain combinations. So when you mix in that and and you know some of the other guys struggling whatever and and you know occasional turmoil that's a lot. That's a lot and you know this guy has carried our torch for over a decade and everything we built is really based on him and uh, so we're we're putting too much on his plate right now. Okay. I I mean I take from that there's a lot of without using his name there's a lot of Draymond in there. No, yeah, I think there's a lot because a lot no, of Draymond. Yeah, nobody knows better how to get Steph the ball, where to get it, how to help Steph get open. The play after the play, right? That's interesting to me. Well, and a lot of that is the Draymond pick and roll with Steph, and Steph will dump it over the top. They they'll double team Steph off of the screen roll, and you get it to Draymond behind the two man double team, and now it's four on three. So now it's that play behind the initial play, which was the screen and roll. And Draymond is better at that four-on-three than anybody else. He'll dribble-dribble toward the foul line and either make something happen or it's one pass back to Steph and he shoots the three. Or it's immediately back to Steph. Whatever Draymond does on the play after the play, like you're talking about, a lot of time it's the right play and it results in a good shot. Steph Curry, in the 13 games without Draymond, 42% from the floor... From the floor, not the three, from the floor. Yep. 36% from three, 88 from the line. He's averaging 23.7 a game. His numbers are down across the board without Draymond. And it's not only because Draymond, no GP2. Now Chris Paul has missed a game. It's all kinds of reasons. Wiggins sure. has virtually missed the entire season. <laughs> it's been a lot of factors that has led Steve to say what he said about the burden being on Steph. I, look, I think there's some fairness to this whole idea. Like, he said that to us last week about Looney. Like, he thinks that Looney's poor play is kind of a result of all of the normal stuff that's normally around him not really being there or not playing well, whether it be a Draymond, a Wiggins, whatever. There's some fairness there. I mean, a lot of times when you watch Warrior basketball, you're like, this is such a concert. Um, and, and, and I couldn't even put my finger on what makes it all work together so perfectly. It's like a golf swing. You've got it, and then it's gone. And you don't know why. Like, what the hell am I doing? And then all of a sudden, 18 holes later, you, oh, that's what I've been doing wrong. I hate that. You get to 17, and you finally hit one well. It's always the 17th or the 18th hole. And you whack one right down the middle, and you go, damn it, that's what I've been doing wrong the whole day. Oh, God. That's what the Warriors need. They need an 18th hole swing. And, and, And they, oh, oh. Oh, make it all work together again. Uh, That's what they need. Um, We need as much time as possible to talk to Steve Kerr. And so we're going to do that coming up next. It's less than 20 minutes away. So make sure you're with us. We do have some time for your calls prior to Steve coming on. 888-957-9570. But we're 18 minutes away. Steve Kerr about to join us on Willard and Dibs. The Road to Vegas is brought to you by Marowest Credit Union. Working for you today, tomorrow, together. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. The 
Live Nation, it's Draymond Green. My head coach Steve Kerr joins Willard and Dibs today, right here on 95.7 The Game. All right, Steve's about to join, 10 minutes away. Uh, get over to Twitch, get over to YouTube, get to the radio. Steve Kerr in 11 minutes, all right? Right here on Willard and Dibs. And then the 5.30 basketball game at Chase Center tomorrow night against the New Orleans Pelicans. You heard that correctly, 5.30, not 7 o'clock, 5.30. So get there early if you have tickets. Get your ears to us early if you would like to listen to it on your ride home. Big game. They're all urgent now. Um, But because Steve's coming on and because Draymond spoke earlier and because that makes today so Warriors heavy, can I take one minute to get something off my chest? Take it. One minute. Which means three, but go ahead. No, no, I'll actually try to do it in one minute. All right. We're about to get to 4.53, 2, 1. I'm going to do this in one minute. Uh, Dan Orlovsky released his MVP vote in the NFL. I saw it. Okay. He's got Lamar Jackson number one. Duh. Lamar's going to win the award. Um, in no particular order, I can't even remember exactly what 234 was, but 234 was made up, I think, of Josh Allen. Number two. Followed by Christian McCaffrey. Dak was third. Dak Prescott, then Christian McCaffrey. Correct. Number five, Brock Purdy. Yep. Okay. Um, you want to put Christian in front of Brock Purdy? Knock yourself out. Dak. Josh. Okay, Dan. Me, Dan, or him, Dan? No, him, Dan. Okay. If Lamar Jackson, because head-to-head, Lamar Jackson, because head-to-head, how come week five Sunday night football doesn't Brock over Doc because head-to-head? Explain. Me, Dan, or him, Dan? That was one minute. That was a buck four, but I interjected, so I'll allow it. That was impressive. Uh... Don't know what his rationale is. I think if I was to cast a vote, I would probably go Lamar, Christian, Brock, Dak, and then I don't think Josh would be five. Josh has thrown a ton of interceptions. Oh, my God. And recency on Josh Allen would tell you that they won a big game. But if you watch that game, as I did... He was not terrific. He tried like hell to lose it. Josh wasn't great all year. You know, I would probably go Tyreek as five. That's fine. Even though he got hurt, I still think that Tyreek is a guy who would warrant that level of consideration. And if you want to play the head-to-head game, then you absolutely have to look at Dak versus Brock. And in that game, the 49ers dominated Dallas. And, you know, Lamar Jackson, the reason why I think that he has a strong case is if you add in the rushing yards... To that, and Lamar has been great. So, no argument with if Lamar. you compare yards and yards, Brock and Lamar, it's pretty close. I still think that Brock Purdy had the best year as QB, but if, if it's close and you want to use the head to head as a tiebreaker, go ahead. Josh and Dak and Christian above Brock, I don't get that. Although, I'm not surprised, which is why yesterday I did say to you that I thought Christian McCaffrey might finish ahead of Brock Purdy. And I know this this is just one vote, one ballot rather, but uh, I think you're going to see a lot of, of Christian ahead of Brock. Dallas Cowboys have a losing record on the road. Uh, Including here. The sum total of wins against good teams, air quotes, air quotes, good teams. Uh, they defeated the uh, Los Angeles Rams uh, way back at the beginning of the season. They defeated the Philadelphia Eagles when people were still just realizing that they're awful. And then they, air quotes, defeated the Detroit Lions when the referees handed them the game. That's their sum total of quote-unquote quality wins on the season. That's it. That's it. I Like... I do not get it. I don't get it even a little bit. They lost to Miami. They lost to Buffalo. Uh, They got absolutely blown off the field by the San Francisco 49ers. Back when Philadelphia was good, they lost that football game. They haven't got a great win to their resume all year long. All year long. And when the two played head-to-head, Brock went absolutely crazy and Dak couldn't complete a pass. So... um, 
I keep bringing this up because we're not there yet. I know we think we're there. Every time I go on a Brock Purdy rant, I get the mark. It's just the lunatic fringe. Everybody's there. No, no, you're not. I don't need you to think he's the MVP. He's not going to win it. I don't need you to think he's the greatest quarterback in the league. I need you to not needlessly hold things against him for no reason. You're talking to Dan Orlovsky. Or anyone who puts Josh Allen or Dak Prescott, and we'll ask Peter King tomorrow, anybody who puts those two guys over Brock Purdy on an MVP ballot flat out got something against him. Or, Or you're falling into the ridiculous notion of, well, he's got really good teammates. In the system, and in Shanahan. Good, he's got good players And that's what Orlovsky has said in the past. Am I, am I right? Um, Isn't he one of the ones who said that? He's one of the thousands. Right. Who said, well, you know, who couldn't have a good year with that talent around him and that system and that laminated play sheet and that coaching staff? I mean, it's it would be a shame to think that anyone couldn't do what he's doing. So um, who couldn't only win their home games? with a head coach and another head coach as his fancy offensive coordinator, and C.D. Lamb and a phenomenal offensive line run. Who couldn't win those games? Who couldn't win them? How come we don't do that? Why don't we do that? In reverse? Why don't we do that? Yeah. But we don't do that. Because Dak is more of a known commodity, and Brock is Mr. Irrelevant. He was the last pick in the draft. It's yeah. draftism, as we've talked about yeah, before. That's the thing. I just it's it's still there. So he's gonna fin I don't know where he's gonna finish. I thought for sure once he lost to Lamar, it's like he's gonna finish second or third. You might be right. And he might. He might finish second or third. Yep. But I now when I saw that. He might ballot, finish fourth or fifth. Yeah, like my thought was so wait a minute, did Christmas not only knock him out of the one, but there's so much tarnish now that like you're going to start finding other people to move ahead of him as well who weren't even like they were you weren't even discussing Josh Allen. You weren't even talking about that's him. That's the one that strikes me. And you can look at Dak and I mean there's a case to be made. He had 36 touchdowns to 9 picks, better than Brock's 31 to 11. He had more yards than Brock Purdy and QB rating was close. Brock was better. QBR was almost identical. Brock was better. Yards per attempt, Brock was better. Interception percentage, Dak was better. Touchdown percentage, Brock was better. So you can pick whatever metric you want, and it's close either way. But then you go down to the default or the the tiebreaker, which is head-to-head, and Brock decisively won that head-to-head. I love that Josh Allen is going to move up boards because they won five straight games to end the year which means they're now the division champs and they're the two right. seed, which sort of like that empowers people to play with this. They go to Miami on Sunday night football for the final game of the year with the division on the line, and the guy could not stop committing red zone turnovers. Couldn't stop. Throwing absurd picks in the end zone. Fumbling inside the 20. Three turnovers in the red zone. Then a punt returner? Gets loose in the fourth quarter. So now Josh is the MVP? Aye. Only two quarterbacks Come on. had a higher interception percentage in football this year than Josh Allen. Sam Howell <laughs> and McCorkle Jones. Look. Josh Allen was 30th in the league in INT percentage. Uh, 3.1% of his passes were picked off. And that, to me, is a good stat that levels the playing field. Because Josh Allen threw the ball 579 times, and your guy, Brock Purdy, yep. he threw it 444 times. So 135 fewer, fewer passes. passes. So of course he's going to have fewer INTs. That's why when you look at INT percentage, it becomes a much more leveling of a stat. Same thing with touchdown percentage. What percentage of your throws resulted in touchdowns? And in that one, Brock Purdy's number one. And Josh Allen is number nine. Yeah, but if he throws that many more passes, you're going to say, so of course he's going to have more interceptions. He doesn't have more touchdowns. Right. He's got fewer touchdowns with 130 more passes. Exactly. I I mean, look, I'm a huge fan. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are fantastic. 
But the MVP is not a lifetime achievement award. Exactly. It's not an award for the last five years, and it's not an award for the last three years. It's an award for this year. And if you think that Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes had a better year than Brock Purdy, you missed the season. <laughs> you missed. I, call me. I'll tell you where you can get Red Zone Channel and everything. You missed the whole thing. If you think that either of those guys had a better year than Brock Purdy. Yeah, and that's Dan yeah. Orlovsky. And, you know, Josh Allen's going to get a lot of votes. And it's one through five, as you saw in his ballot, the first of 50 ballots released. I don't know how many of the other ballots will be released. Eventually, we will get the vote total. And I think you get 10 points for first. And then it's seven, five, three, and one. Okay. Sounds about right. Something I'd, like I'd that. have to confirm it, but that's basically the way that the uh, one through five voting works. So at the end of 50 ballots, you total them all up. And I don't think it will be unanimous this year for Lamar Jackson. No, I don't think it will be unanimous. He'll probably get, I would say he gets 40 first place votes. I think he's going to, like, by the points, he's going to easily win. You think he'll get 40 or more? Of the 50 votes? Yeah. You think he gets 40 first places? Ah. Uh... Um, I'll take, than... the, I'll take the under, but I think it's going to be close. Okay. I think it's going to be take close. Take the under on 40 first place yeah. votes. Yeah, I'll give him about 37. 30, and then who gets the other 10 will be split? Yeah, yeah. I think the Brock. Handful of Brock. I think that Brock will get, you know, maybe a couple. I think Christian will get a couple. There'll be people who might want to squeeze Tyreek Hill in there. Dak might get a couple. Oh, the Texas vote will go to Dak. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right, you're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco, always live on the free Odyssey app, Twitch and YouTube, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 